0: It's August 22nd, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Amazon reorganizes its grocery business. up working with Tommy Hilfiger to introduce new brand customers. DoorDash will start delivering your Facebook marketplace purchases too. Walmart and Target earnings shed light on economic worries. And finally, The Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, Amazon reorganizes its grocery business. Business Insider last week reported on a leaked email from Amazon about the reorganization of its grocery business. Here are a few of the changes reported. By far, the biggest news is that the technology part of the business is moving to the AWS group, represented by VP of Retail and Tech Dilip Kumar, now reporting to AWS CEO Adam Solipsky. Other big news is that the big functions in Amazon Fresh, Go, and Whole Foods are being consolidated in a single leadership structure in particular areas like marketing, communications, real estate, and growth. So big news for Amazon in this space. What could this mean? First, I think the new leader, Tony Hoggett, is trying to say that the organization was previously unfocused. The same leader was trying to sell grocery technology to third parties as well as trying to run an actual grocery store. That's difficult to do. And let's streamline that. Oh, and hello there. AWS is moving into grocery tech. That's pretty damn cool. Where's Microsoft on that one? Second, Amazon is also saying that their brand offerings and strategy between Go Fresh and Whole Foods need to be clearer and more coordinated. Five years after buying Whole Foods, they can't continue to operate like an independent entity. If that's in fact what they are saying, then I tend to agree with the premise behind these changes. Whether or not they will work out, of course, will depend on the execution, but it does give these leaders a chance to build a focused organization. Regardless, Tony Hoggett, who started in January and spent last 30 years at Tesco in the UK and China, is unafraid to come in and put his own stamp on the organization. Singularity of purpose and a clear direction is often the best thing for any kind of organization. Of course, someone who knows more about the grocery industry than I do may disagree with a particular strategy, but how you go about innovating and changing is sometimes more important than what you're doing as long as the right people are executing it. That's another way to say if culture does indeed eat strategy for breakfast, then Amazon may be on the right path here with these decisive moves. Our second story ThreadUp working with Tommy Hilfiger to introduce new brand customers. Men's clothing brand Tommy has entered the circular economy with this new collaboration. The inspiration for this seems to be the concept that ThreadUp started previously with brand Madewell. According to Chain Store Age, Tommy Hilfiger and ThreadUp are partnering on a new shopping portal. What do you find there? First, you can buy gently used Tommy items on the portal. But the more interesting part is that you can return used items of any brand and Tommy Men's items for credits toward purchases. Then, any credits for new purchases can be used either online or in store. I like this collab for a few reasons conceptually. First, it encourages making use of your old purchases and helps the brand in an area that consumers care about. Second, it could potentially reactivate old or lapsed customers to buy new in-line merchandise, which could be a benefit to customer acquisition. As much as I like the mechanics of the program, where Tommy could potentially get into trouble is authenticity. Is this part of a larger program? Is the concept necessary and strategic for the brand, or is it a me-too offering? Unlike brands such as REI and Patagonia there isn't an obvious fit to me between the Tommy brand and sustainability. As for ThreadUp, they do need official brand partners, and for them, it's a customer acquisition strategy as well. It's not like these resale fashion marketplaces have been very profitable, and many of them are at serious risk of running out of money. If you call this initiative ThreadUp as a service, it might just be the most profitable thing they do. Our third story. DoorDash will start delivering your Facebook Marketplace's purchases too. A recent report from The Verge talks about a new partnership between Facebook Marketplace and DoorDash, which I have a pretty positive view on in this sector of the market. While many brands don't think much about the Facebook Marketplace, consumer-to-consumer purchases power a significant part of the economy, starting from the old guard like Craigslist and eBay. Facebook Marketplace, while also a source of fraud and scams, is almost impossible to ignore as a source of e-commerce volume at the same time. How does DoorDash fit in? Well, Facebook Marketplace today has a partnership with a company called Dolly for bulky items, but has no solution other than seller shipments for small items. DoorDash allows any seller to deliver to any buyer up to 15 miles away when the item can be delivered in, in something like the trunk of a car. Drivers are expected to make the delivery within 48 hours. That's a very interesting and impressive service, but perhaps we shouldn't be too surprised. In January this year, Tony Zhu, the CEO of DoorDash, joined Meta's board of directors. Sounds predictive to me. Know another board relationship that also happened earlier this year? Instacart CEO Fiji Simo joining Shopify's board of directors. Could this partnership also be coming by the same logic? And our last story. Walmart and Target earnings shed light on economic worries. I listened to the recent earnings calls from two of the country's top retailers, Walmart and Target last week, and didn't exactly come away with warm fuzzies for the year. In short, Walmart is pretty much custom-built for this economy where consumer essentials are the priority, and Target's store-based fulfillment model can get jammed up by slow inventory turns since the model relies on fast movers. In other words, we're all living in a Walmart world right now. Let's start with what I heard was consistent across both retailers, but first some math. I tell new founders in e-commerce all the time, but one of the reasons I really love e-commerce is just math in the end. Number of sessions on your website times conversion rate times average order value equals gross revenue. Let's keep that in mind as we talk about this. What Walmart and Target told us was that units per transaction were down slightly and average retail pricing was up slightly due to inflation. Assuming you hold conversion rate constant for a particular category for a moment, That means any difference in revenue at the moment is essentially determined by what consumers are looking for, i.e. traffic. That's because the two components of average order value, units per transaction and average unit retail, are counterbalancing each other right now. Let's talk about traffic there for a moment. What are consumers looking for? The CEOs of Walmart and Target are directly telling us on earnings calls that consumer confidence in their finances is declining and households are focused on optimizing their budgets. To get specific from a category point of view, grocery, food, home essentials, and private label items are all up. This really helped Walmart a great deal this quarter, particularly grocery. The down categories are things like apparel, electronics, home, hardline, and general merchandise overall. While these were important for Walmart too, they're doubly so for Target, which is a higher margin retailer. Essentially what happened so far this year is that these two retailers have canceled literally billions of orders in certain categories that were designed to be received in the fall in times for the biggest holiday season. This means that these retailers are telling you this is going to be a muted holiday season relative to previous years. The inventory will just not be available to support tremendous year-over-year growth, even if the consumer demand is there. In order to counteract consumers worried about their finances, retailers are discounting more frequently and more deeply. Target cleared a tremendous amount of inventory off its books in order to ensure that its stores are not cluttered and unfocused. For Target in particular, this decimated their gross margins, which are normally in the 32% range, and they plummeted to around 23%. This had essentially a direct impact on Target's historically great operating margins. Instead of seeing operating margins from a Target like eight or nine, Target instead saw 1% operating margins. This is closer to Amazon level performance in case you were wondering well, at least when Amazon was more profitable than it is recently. What about Walmart? Finally, on the advertising front, Target's roundel advertising business increased 12%, while Walmart's connect advertising business rose 30% year over year. Walmart's ad business, while much smaller than Amazon, is much bigger than Target, so this is more impressive, even though Flipkart contributes here too. Given that retail isn't the path to pure profit dollars, it's important for us to continue to watch the advertising business at these retailers as retail media continues to expand, led by Amazon. While Target wrote down a bunch of inventory this quarter, they weren't done cutting, and they will still see some impact in Q3. Plus, what happens if something similar happens again? Does Target write down another batch of inventory? Better to be Walmart in this story. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Shipyard with a Y raises $3 million to automate inventory forecasting and replenishment. Accurate forecasting is important to brands so I can see the market problem they are trying to solve here. The big question, is this analytics solution enough to power an entire company? Second, cloud-based e-commerce and marketing platform Marrow Post acquires search and merchandising solution Findify. I hadn't heard of MarrowPost Post in the past and it looks to me like they were trying to copy the Salesforce playbook Bundling email marketing and e-commerce for smaller merchants. Findify offers search, merchandising, and personalization, which is a difficult space to survive in long term. I expect that Findify was likely looking for a platform exit. Third, DealsFinder Vetted raised $50 million for AI that helps shoppers find top products and deals. Whereas Honey was acquired by PayPal and was more about promotions and pricing, vetted is more about aggregating reviews across the internet and surfacing a product's price history similar to that of the old-school comparison shopping engines like Shopzilla. Didn't think you'd hear about Shopzilla on this podcast, did you? What's old is new again, I guess. Fourth, Klaviyo receives a $100 million investment from Shopify, validating its market position for Shopify Plus. Shopify continues investing in its ecosystem partners to strengthen their connections to the platform. I get the sense there are a few reasons for these types of deals. First, ensuring that developer partners ensure that Shopify gets their first attention and second, to encourage new entrepreneurs to build apps for Shopify. In theory, it also gets Shopify skin in the game for an upcoming lucrative IPO, but this hasn't always been the case from a returns point of view with their recent investments. And finally, grocery store inventory is the target of a $10 million raise by startup Vori. The elements of the supply chain targeted by Vori include store replenishment, price management, and inventory control. While there are still a lot of undigitized elements of the grocery industry, It's mostly with mom and pops, which is, I guess, where Vore will attempt to focus. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager, Gabriella Montekin, To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.